Morning, everybody. We'll get started in just a second. Dusty messed up the computer, so. Jesus, I pray this morning that as we worship together, um, I guess it's the same prayer every time, but that we would recenter on you. If we're out of tune at all, um, we feel distant at all from you, God. I just pray that you draw us close. Holy Spirit, fill us.
want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I want to know you, Lord. Lord, I've been so to be ashamed Lord I've been told I don't measure up Lord I've been told I'm not good enough but you're here with me like those lines um, are easy to like kind of think someone's saying that to us but I think there's some of us here that say that to ourselves or discredit ourselves I don't know I feel like we're supposed to sing that part again and maybe just search our hearts is that you are you ashamed do you feel like you're not enough not enough for God to love you it's not true. I'll sing it again. Lord, I've been told to be ashamed. Lord, I've been told I don't measure up. Lord, I've been told I'm not good enough. But you're here with me. I reach out and you find me in the dust. You say no amount of untruths can separate us. I reach out and No amount of untruths can separate us. I will rejoice in the simple gospel. I will rejoice in you, Lord. I will rejoice in the simple gospel.
say no amount of untruths can separate us. You say no amount of untruths can separate us.
could lay my head. Oh, I could lay my head in Sion. I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep. Oh, but theirs is not a place I could escape you. Oh, your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. darkness deep but there's not a place I could escape you thank you Jesus amen okay good morning everyone um, if I could please get everyone to stand up for me I appreciate it um, I would love for you all to go and introduce yourself to two people that you may not know that you're, if you're here this morning. So greet each other, welcome each other, bless all of you guys. I'm going to get a couple techie things set up because we've had a few little technical glitches this morning. So I'm going to take care of that and you guys go greet each other. Good morning. It's good to see you. Good morning.
Okay, if I could have you all start kind of making your way back to your seats. You're good. It's good to see everyone here this morning. Friends, family, bless all of you. Welcome this morning. So I'm going to open up in a word of prayer and we'll get started. Um, I have, I want to start off with and just kind of let you guys know if I'm not quite 100% myself today. I'm on like day three of a migraine and I've had lots of prayer. People have prayed for me, laid hands on me, prayed for me this morning. So, um, but as I was praying, I was laying, you know, like when you kind of been up most of the night and you like are still laying there. I was praying this morning and I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to show up and here's what I have. And I was, I was reminded of, um, the little boy who brought the fishes and loaves to Jesus, right? It's like, okay, God, here's what I've got. It's your job to do the miracle. (laughs) It's your job to, to make up, you know, to do the thing for, for what we lack. So I'm here this morning with my fishes and loaves, (laughs) presenting it before Jesus. Um, And we're going to just kind of do the best we can. So, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there that if I lose my train of thought or track or something, um, I have a good reason. It's not just because I'm getting older, Um, but there's like an actual purpose. Actually, it was speaking of that. It's, uh, we had spring break this week and so I wasn't at work. And so Usually when I'm on break, I don't shave, because why? Why would I if I don't have to? And, um, like, all my beard started growing in, and I'm like, wow, I'm like Gandalf the Grey. I'm like all, it's all gray up in here. So either I'm really wise, or I'm just getting old. I don't know which. So maybe it's a little combination of both. Um, But anyway, see, there's, I just... Went on a rabbit trail. All right, so I'm going to pray, and we're going to get going here. So Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, we give this morning to you. Lord, each one of us comes here um, to be before you. Lord Jesus, we come this morning bringing you what we have. And Jesus, we expect you. It's, it's you to do the miracle. We don't, we don't have anything in us that can make anything happen, God. All that we have, all that we are, all that we will be is is in you. Lord, your grace, your salvation, um, your Holy Spirit, those are the things that sustain us, God. Those are the things that we depend on. Lord Jesus, you are that solid rock on which we can stand. And so, Lord, we stand on you this morning, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that the grave could not hold you. That as we read through the story this morning, you show up where you're really not expected all the time. That's like your MO, Jesus, is you show up where we don't expect you, and you do incredible things. And so, Lord, we just ask, would you be with us this morning, God? And Jesus, we give you all of the praise and all of the glory and all of the worship this morning. Amen. So, hopefully, as we continue through... I'm going to have to click over on that second slide and then um, so I was on the other 
uh, screen there, Ryan. Did it go away? That's okay. I'm going to start off. Um, so there we are. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so as we start off each week, we make a declaration of who Jesus is. So Jesus is the way. It's not just enough for us to worship God, but we're called to emulate the lifestyle of Jesus, to be the people of the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is literally all truth. He's our primary revelation of the character of God to this world. And Jesus is the life. Through Jesus, he gives us life, both now and forevermore. So starting off in the Gospel of John, we're in John 20, 19 through 21. And it says this, On the evening of that first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst. I love how John started this. He's like, okay, here, catch this, guys. The doors are locked. And Jesus came and stood in their midst. He wasn't there before, and then he's suddenly there. So Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said to them, Peace with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Disciples were then glad because they saw the Lord. They recognized him for who he was. Um, Also, we know from the other Gospels that this was likely more than just the 11 disciples. We all know what happened with that 12th disciple, right? Judas was gone. Um, the parallel scripture in Luke says the 11 and those with them. That's found in Luke 24, 33. So we know that there was more than, than just the 11. And it also said, like I mentioned, that this, these doors were locked for fear of the Jews. And you can understand why they would be afraid of the Jews, right? They just saw them kill their rabbi. They just saw them kill their pastor. And they knew that, like, these guys were part of the crew, right? And so there was good reason for them to be afraid. They didn't want to be tagged as part of these rebels of this false insurrection that Jesus was accused of. Jesus came and stood in their midst. He demonstrated where these wounds were. Again, referencing Luke 24, 37, it said that they thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus was clearly identifying himself as their rabbi and speaking peace to them. I find it interesting that multiple places in scripture, this is just kind of maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail, but multiple places in scripture, the disciples are afraid of ghosts. Do you remember when Jesus walked on the water and they said, it must be a ghost. And here, They thought they were seeing a ghost, maybe, and that's why he had to say peace. It's just this interesting, like, that they had that belief, and Jesus kept showing up and saying, hey, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> I'm me. I'm flesh. I'm blood. Look, look at my wounds. Look at my side. I'm flesh and blood. And as we'll find out a little bit later in today's scripture, Thomas actually touches these things for Jesus to assure him that he's who he says he is. Let's continue on. John 20, 21 and 22 says this. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Do you remember earlier on 
when Jesus was predicting his death. And he said, don't be afraid because a helper will be sent to come to you. And he's referencing the Holy Spirit. And this is the first moment where we see Jesus breathing that out and breathing the Holy Spirit onto them. The verse, peace be with you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Jesus' mission, his purpose, was to eventually equip us so that we could do the work. Jesus, knowing what the future would look like, knowing what it would be like today, wanted us to be able to carry that mission. It's one of the main themes of the gospel and his life. It's a pattern for his followers that Jesus sends out into the world. Us. Us. There's an expectation of Jesus that in the same way that he shared that free gift, that, that sacrifice on the cross with us, that we would then share that same peace and that same joy and that same grace with others. He sends us into this world. We might long for heaven. Like, you know, I wish all of the, the strife and the pain and the ugliness and the bickering and the sickness and the death and all the things of this world. Like, God, can this just be over and take us with you and, and tap out, right? I mean, I'm sure we've all felt that way at some point. We might long for heaven, but it's on earth here that the work that God gave us to do is done. This is our home. This is the world that God created for us. And I feel like ignoring that, disdaining that, um, saying I only live for some future heaven, is to disparage what, what God, the gift that God has given us. The beautiful gift that God has given us to, to love each other and to care each other and, and, and to be him to each other. Like God has given us this incredible opportunity here on the earth during the limited amount of time that all of us have here. He's given us this incredible opportunity to show his love to a world that needs it so badly. This is our home that God gave us. And where he expects us to bring his kingdom to bear. We have work to do, guys. We've, we've got a job to do that was given to us by Jesus himself. So we need to, like, keep that in our heads. We've, we've got to remember that. And I'm talking just as much to myself as I am to you guys. I mean, as I was writing some of this, I was encouraging myself. I'm like, you know, I need to do better at being God's representative to the world around me. I, I need to figure out how do I do that in a, in a greater way. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I had this shoulder injury one of my many injuries throughout my life, but I had this shoulder injury, and I was in the copy room at the middle school that I work at, and one of my coworkers named Susie, she's this awesome lady, um, she was asking me how it was going, because everybody kind of knew about it. It was kind of common knowledge at the school that I had injured my shoulder. It happened at work with a student 
um, when I was doing special education. Um, my arm kind of got moved the wrong way by a kiddo um, and damaged my shoulder. And so, like I said, it was common knowledge. But she was asking me how my shoulder was doing. I was like, well, you know, I can only move it this far, and it's kind of painful. And if I bump into anything, suddenly I'm, like, on the ground with tears because it's just, like, it was this thing called, like, adhesive capsulitis or some fancy, I don't know. Anyway, it hurt. That's what I know. It hurt, and I couldn't move it. That's what I knew. Um, but she's like, well, why don't, I, why don't we pray? I was like, we're at the middle school. We're in the copy room where everyone looks in and out. Yeah, let's pray. <laughs> and so we stopped. She laid her hand on my shoulder, and we prayed. And some people walked by. It was fine. Nobody cared. Nobody came in, busting down the door, saying, hold on, separation, church, state. Like, that did not happen. <laughs> right? We prayed. And, and God was there, because he's there every day. It's just in that moment, we were inviting him with the two of us to touch my shoulder. And God's kingdom broke in in that moment at work in my school because of my friend Susie's willingness to pray for me and because she cared about me, right? And so that was God's kingdom. She brought God's kingdom to me in that moment on that day. And my hope and my prayer is that all of us as a kingdom people, Vineyard Church, and all the other churches in the valley who proclaim Jesus as Lord, that we would all be willing to at any moment allow Jesus to use us and bring God's kingdom to bear wherever we are. Amen? That's my hope. That's my prayer. It says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And as I, as I heard this, it, God brought to my mind Genesis at the very beginning. It says, Genesis 2-7 says, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. That he breathed us into existence. In the Greek, it's, the word is pneuma, which is air. My, my friend Tim, who drives truck, pneumatics, right? Air. Pneuma. Breath is life. If you're breathing, you're alive. When you stop breathing, dead, right? Pretty common thing. We know this. CPR, right? Get heart moving again, air. We need those things, right? We need our heart to pump, and we need our lungs to be moving air to live. By breathing the Holy Spirit into them, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. By breathing the Holy Spirit into them, he breathes an entirely new spiritual life into his followers so that they are equipped so they have the life the new life this life that they need to fulfill his charge to go he says go and let me equip you with the holy spirit go and let me give you the holy spirit to help you do what it is god has called you to do see we can't do it on our own and God knew we couldn't do it on our own. Jesus knew, like in our own flesh, right? In our own being, in just who we are, like we are not enough to bring God's kingdom to bear, right? We're not enough. We need the Holy Spirit 
to partner with us. One of, one of the um, examples that is used in Scripture of the Holy Spirit is a companion, that he comes alongside us, he walks with us, he goes with us. So I want to stop here this morning. And if, if this is something that you would like a fresh touch from God this morning, if you would like some new life in your spirit, if, if you feel like some of, just as I was kind of contemplating the message this morning and praying for this morning, I felt like there were some of us and, and, I, and I understand this last year has been incredibly difficult. It's been incredibly, it's probably been one of the hardest years of my life, I can say, honestly. Um, and sometimes when things are really hard, um, the embers of our fire start to kind of go cold. And they kind of start to diminish. And our expectation of God moving and our expectation of God's kingdom breaking in and our expectation of what the Lord might do, sometimes that, those coals diminish and maybe they get some, you know, if you've ever seen a fire where um, it's kind of burned down and there's like the gray layer of ash, you know, that are on the coals. And so the picture I got this morning, again, air, breath, of God coming to us this morning and breathing on those coals and that ash kind of scattering into powder up in the air and the coals starting to get red again and hot again and then Jesus adding some more fuel, some more wood, some new life onto that fire so that we're equipped to do all it is God has given us to do. Amen? So... If that's something you would want, this, I'm going to have everybody stay where you are, but if you just hold out your hands, if this is something that you want, if you want to hold out your hands, and I'm going to do something that it's not really in my wheelhouse, but I felt like the Lord said to, so I'm going to just like let out a really big breath, and we're going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come. So if you want just a fresh, kind of a fresh life, from God, a fresh life from the Holy Spirit, new life. Like we can kind of hear some new life right now. So if you want some new life, hold out your hands. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, blow off that dust. Ignite those coals again, Lord God. Lord, give us fresh fuel, fresh life, Lord Jesus. Lord, this, um, this peace that I sense in this moment, Lord God, this the sense of your spirit, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray as we go throughout this week, Lord, that we would carry that with us, God. Lord, that your spirit would walk with us. Holy Spirit, that you would join with us, that this new, that this freshness, this life, this breath of life 
that is your spirit, God, that is something we would carry with us. This pneuma, the air that has been breathed onto us and into us, Lord God, that we would carry that with us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you don't just send us out unequipped, but you equip us with your spirit, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you see us, that you want to partner with us, broken, fleshy, agenda-driven, sometimes narcissistic and looking out for our own wants and desires, people. The Holy Spirit, you see us in all of our brokenness and all of our weakness, and you still choose us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love, Lord God, that you use us even as we are, God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for, for who you are and how you care for us, God. Amen. Um, I don't know about you guys, but there was a moment in there <laughs> where I, I, I felt the Lord kind of resting on me. So I'm, I'm hoping that for you, the, that the Lord was with you as well. Um, let's continue on this. So I wanted to finish that section with this little quote by John Wimber. Uh, he's one of the founders of the vineyard, and he said this, we don't seek God's power, we seek his presence. His power and everything else that we need is always found in his presence. It's being in the presence of God. It's being at the foot of Jesus. It's, like, it's being like John, who I've mentioned before, the disciple that Jesus loved. But there's this picture of John where John is at the table with Jesus, and he lays his head on Jesus' chest. It's talked about in Scripture. And can you imagine John literally, in a physical manner, hearing the heartbeat of God? He was, he, with his physical ears, with his physical being, he was hearing the heartbeat of God. And can we as followers of Jesus, be like the disciple John and be listening and be hearing the heartbeat of God. That's my hope. That's my prayer that we're just in his presence. And we're so much in his presence that we can hear his heartbeat and know what it is that God would have us do. John twenty twenty three says this, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of anyone, then they are retained. This is the next verse. So after Jesus frees the Holy Spirit on them, what does he do? He talks about forgiveness. Isn't that interesting? It seems like forgiveness or unforgiveness is, is something that has a correlation with the Holy Spirit. And with God's move and with our mission in the world. Matthew 16, 19 says this. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. And I think there's a direct correlation here. With forgiveness and sin. 
and people being released and people being bound, right? There's a connection there. Luke 6, 37 also says this. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So it's not like just once Jesus said this whole thing of, hey, you need to forgive each other. And that there's a connection with you, your heart, who you are. And it's not like at some point it stops being about that other person and and what they did and how they messed you over or messed someone you care about over. At some point it stops being about them and it starts being about you being bound up and you being stuck and you living in daily hurt and pain. And, um, you know, God... Sometimes we're just not enough, right? Like in our own flesh, we just can't forgive people. Like what they've done to us or to somebody that we care about, it's just too, it's too great, right? And so we just, we can't let it go. And I feel like that's where, even if we're not in that place, we can start praying for the Holy Spirit, To help. Because we know our hearts. And we know our brokenness. And we know the extent to which someone else has damaged us. Right? We know. And sometimes it takes... There's all different kinds of miracles. It's not just the multiplying of the fishes and loaves like I talked about earlier. Sometimes there's a miracle of the restoration of brokenness in our hearts. And that's a greater miracle than Jesus walking on water or parting a Red Sea, right? Because the healing that can happen in us and how it changes our life is greater than any mountaintop thing that happens, right? There's this healing that can happen. But this verse here coupled with the binding and the loosing that it talked about in the previous verse, it's a pretty powerful responsibility that we have. We can keep other people captive in our hearts. We can keep other people captive in our minds. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to hold them. And like I said, sometimes it's only with God's help, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I would argue most times <laughs> it's with the help of the Holy Spirit and maybe a really good therapist. Sometimes it's a both and. <laughs> sometimes we need a really good therapist and we need the Holy Spirit working together to help us like work through stuff sometimes, right? I mean, it's not usually just one or the other thing. Sometimes we need both. And so my my hope and my prayer for you this morning is that you would hear the words of Jesus regarding forgiveness. And how, like I said, he said this verse, uh, let me see if I can go back. Um, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. He said that right after he released the Holy Spirit. And so I think there's a connection there with the Holy Spirit 
helping us to release people, helping us to forgive. I think there's a connection there. Let's continue on. John 20, 24 through 25 says this. But Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail prints in his hand and put my finger in the nail prints and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. It was too much. It was too great. And I feel like Thomas gets a really bad rap. Because we do this stuff all the time. <laughs> I know I do. But God, I know you're big, and I know you're vast, and I know you did all these miraculous things, but uh, I don't know. This one, God, is probably too much for you. It's probably too big. I know that you, like, hold all the molecules in the universe together, but this thing that I'm dealing with, Lord, it really sucks, and it's big, and I can't really deal with it. And so I just, I don't know with this one. I don't know that you can fix this one, right? Thomas gets a bad rap because we do the same stuff all the time. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. And in another place in Scripture, it tells us that faith is a gift from God. So it's not something that we can manufacture really in ourselves. Like if I just believe hard enough, if I just believe just so hard enough, God will give me a Tesla just have enough faith. I know I can't see this Tesla, but if I have, you know, it's not, it's not that, right? How do we join with the Holy Spirit and pray and have faith and believe in those things that the Holy Spirit is doing so that we can join with God? Uh, one other quote from John Wimber that kind of comes to my head in this moment is that if you want to be in the will of God, see what he's already doing and partner with him in that. Like, look around. What's God already doing? What is Jesus doing now in this moment? And how do I partner with him in that? Then you don't have to try to figure it out. You can see, oh, God's doing this. So let's, let's do, I guess God's doing this. Let's do this. Let's join with him. Continuing on in the Gospel of John. John 20, 26 through 27. After eight days, his disciples were again inside with the doors shut. And Thomas was with them. So it's previous scenario as before, except this time Thomas is there. Thomas is with them. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, so here's two things. I'm going to stop here in the middle of reading this verse. Here's two things. One, Jesus again showed up in a locked room in the middle of them and said, peace be with you. 
and he had the knowledge of what Thomas had told the disciples. Right? He knew about this conversation that Thomas had had with the disciples about not believing. And he spoke directly to Thomas. He said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand here and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. In what areas, in what areas in your life do you require something of Jesus before he'll believe him? We all have them. We all have areas. We all have places in our life where it's like, Jesus, I believe you, but, right? It's like, well, Jesus, I'll believe, but I need to put my hand in your nail scar, and I need to stick my hand in the side where the spear of Longinitis drove through, right? I, like, I, those are the things I need from you so that I can believe. We've all done it. But I love how Jesus continually shows up for us, even in our unbelief. When we're struggling in our faith, he shows up to us and says, okay, that's what you need. Here, put your finger in my hand. Put your hand in my side. If that's what it takes, if that's what you need for you to believe that I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do, if that's what you need, fine. I'm going to show up. I'm going to appear before you, and I'm going to present myself to you so you can do what you need so that you can believe. Isn't that crazy? I think it's kind of crazy. Like, Jesus showed up for Thomas. Like, there's this one dude. Like, they all saw him. They all believed. They all told everybody else. Everybody believed. And then there's Thomas. And so Jesus shows up for him. Jesus will show up for you. Jesus will show up for you. The reappearance of Jesus took place under the same conditions, as we said, as the previous appearance. So, like, Thomas at that point couldn't argue with them, right, <laughs> of having made up the story, because Jesus did the same thing again, right? Like, so it's, it's hard at that point, with all of the evidence that Thomas was presented with, for him to continue to be faithless. Thomas answered him in John 20, 28 through 29, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. You know, that's all of us. We never got to see the physical Christ. We never got to walk with Jesus, lay our head on his chest, eat dinner with him. Yet. There's a future day. But yet. And yet we believe. There's a reason we're here this morning. We still believe. 
The center of the Christian faith is the assumption that this life isn't all that there is. That there is more to this life than just the material world. That our existence is not limited to just what we can taste and touch and measure, hear, observe, scientific method, right? That there's more. Um, I didn't have this in my notes, but I'm reminded of a, of a, a quote by Shakespeare. Uh, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your greatest philosophies. Right? That there's just, even Shakespeare, who wasn't a believer, he's like, there's more. There's just, there's more. There has to be more. It can't just, it can't just, it's not just this. And I think we all have sensed that. I, we, we've traveled a decent amount. Chris and I have been lots of places. We are at this place. I want to say it was in Ephesus. Um, where there was this graveyard with these little, these little stone icons. And each one of them represented a baby. And what had happened was in ancient times, the pagans had sacrificed babies to appease the god. I don't even remember which god it was. I want to say maybe it was, it was Mars, maybe, because it was in Ephesus. Um, and so there was this graveyard with all these little stone idols, and each one represented a baby who had been sacrificed to the god Mars. And I remember standing there in front of that cemetery, and there were thousands and thousands of these little stone icons. I remember standing there and feeling the yuck. Like feeling the, the weight of the, the sin that had happened in that place and in that moment and for that reason. Like, like I could feel, it's hard to even explain, like I could feel the weight of the, of the evil that had been done in that place. I don't have words for it to properly quantify what I felt. It was in my spirit. I felt it. And then I've been in churches, and actually the first time I walked into this church, it was like this, where I walked in and I just, I felt, I felt peace. I remember the very first Sunday Chris and I came about 19 years ago, something, it's been a while now, um, like we were sitting back, there, kind of where my friend Jill is sitting, because, um, you know, when you first come to a church, you need to make sure you sit in the back so that nobody talks to you, right? Because that's, I get it, I get it, um, and we had been out of church for like five years. We hadn't been in a church in about five years at that time, um, so we sat back there, and my family happened to come here at the time, um, and I, I sensed God, and literally, We've been at this church since I walked in that first Sunday. And we tried other churches. We went other places. And I'm not saying that this physical building or this group of people or this church is it. Because I don't believe that. I don't. I, my, my friends across the street at, at, at St. Joe's. My friends up at Yak 4. Oh, my friends at Stone. Like, like God's there. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying we're it. Don't hear me say that because it's not something that I believe. Um, but I'm telling you my experience when we first came and we sat back there and I, I felt 
God here, and I felt home. I felt just, I felt, I felt God's presence in the building, and I felt God's presence in the people. And I just, I was, that was it. We were done. Um, and I know that's happened for other people, too. And so there is this thing of the material and the spiritual intersecting, right? And I like to refer to it as like a spiritual background count, kind of like a radioactive background count. Like certain places, they like, they soak up if there's been a lot of prayer, if there's been a lot of worship, if there's been a lot of lifting up the name of Jesus, if there's been a lot of sincere people truly like seeking after God, it somehow permeates the the physicality of the world. And just like I felt with the evil in that graveyard in Ephesus, it's kind of like, you know, it's the opposite thing. And I don't know how to explain it, and I don't necessarily have a great theology for it. And it's, I mean, I'm sure I could probably go search for some, but like, you know, it's just, but I know what I sensed. I know what I felt in my spirit, and I know what I experienced. And so we know that it's not just this physical experience. It's not just this material world. It's not just what we can taste, hear, observe. And I found this great quote. I'm going to skip through here uh, to here. So John 20, 30 said this, that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and in the believing you may have life in his name. I was like, John, what the heck? Share. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, anybody else ever think that? was like, like, there were all these amazing signs, and John's like, hey, you know, Jesus did lots of other stuff, but I'm not going to necessarily share them with you. Like, that's not fair. Why, why, why don't you share? And I, like, it makes me wonder, like, so what was Jesus up to before he went to the Father? Like, what were some of these other things? And you, you hear a, a couple of them in some of the other Gospels, because that's why it's kind of cool that we have four Gospels with four different points of view of what Jesus did, because we can kind of, like I was referencing Luke a lot today, that there's correlative, right? But, like, I wonder what those were. And though I was thinking that, I was also thinking, Our God is a God of mystery. And we can spend our whole lives exploring who God is and who the Holy Spirit is and learn more about God. And knowing Jesus is an adventure. Knowing Jesus is this grand adventure. And the more I learn about Jesus, the more I want to learn. And I think God planned it that way. He is always going to be a mystery to us. There is no way our little ant brains can perceive all that is Jesus. Um, I remember, uh, I think it was in the book Blue Like Jazz, Donald Miller once said, I can no more understand the totality of God than the pancake I made for breakfast can understand the totality of me. It's a great quote. It's like, I am, I am way too complex for my pancake to know all that I am, right? And so that's how it kind of is with us with God. And I found this great quote I want to end with by Louis Pasteur, the scientist. A bit of science distances one from God, but much science nears one to him. The more I study nature, the more I stand amazed at the work of the Creator.
And I love that. I love that thought process that God exists in those places that we're exploring and that we're researching. And as we find out more about nature and the universe, how God reveals himself in that. And most of you guys know I'm a huge science nerd. It's just, it's always fascinated me since the time I was a young kid. I was that weird kid who knew the name of every dinosaur. Like, I was that kid. Um, love all that stuff. And, and I love how God reveals himself through the natural world and through science. You know, there's a scripture that talks about how if the voices of men are silent, even the rocks will cry out the name of God and lift up God's name. And I think we find that in science. I think the universe screams. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I believe it was the voice of God speaking everything into existence and expanding out from a central point. There was a central point at the origin of the universe where the voice of God spoke everything into being and it's been ever expanding out ever since. And science says there's a central point. And I believe that that Big Bang was the voice of God speaking everything into existence. Or as Lewis said in the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan walking through the world singing, singing everything into existence. I think that's more beautiful and poetic. Although I think it was probably an explosive, like, God, you know, let there be light and boom. You know, light suddenly started to happen. Um, Can I get the worship team to come up? I'm going to pray real quick. Lord Jesus. We ask that you would continually reveal yourself to us. Would you show yourself to us, God? Holy Spirit, would you rest on us as we, as we worship you for these last couple songs, God? Holy Spirit, be with us. Reveal yourself to us. Show, show yourself to us, Jesus. Show yourself to us, God. Amen. If everyone could please stand as we go into worship.
Jesus, I pray that you would. I know I was listening to something this week, and someone brought up the the fear of the Lord, which in English is so weird, but just like this utter respect for who you are. I pray that you would instill that in us, God. Just 
just a complete respect for and awe of who you are, God. And yet you never leave us. You want to know us. You show up in our doubt, God. Help us to approach you, God, to know you well and still carry just a wonder of who you are. Get beauty for ashes. You took. 
Spirit speaking to some of you, so let's just kind of let him do that. This song talks about how when Jesus shows up, he changes things. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit.
Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I was going to say, I felt like some people might have a word. Was that sweet? Come on up, my friend. Hi. Um, so this morning when Dusty was talking um, about forgiveness, and um, I was just really sensing that Maybe there um, are some of you that are struggling with um, the process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is both um, an act and it's also a process. And it's not something that um, always is an easy thing. Um, it's very difficult. And so I think that sometimes it's, we can get frustrated with ourselves because, oh, we just want to be over something and we just want to um, just be done with things. But it is a process of keeping your heart swept of bitterness and taking it to Jesus and um, giving it to him. So if that resonates with you, uh, I would love to pray for you today. If it's someone um, in the digital world, um, I'm just, just going to pray really quickly and um, then we'll go from there. So God, we just, um, we just thank you for your ability to just speak to us deep in our hearts, God, that you see us and you know us, and you know our pain, and you know our struggles. And Lord, we just pray right now that you would just begin to point those out to us, God. Point those areas out to us where um, it's it's potentially becoming a barrier in our relationship with you because we're so um, angry or frustrated. And God, I pray that you would just um, just continue to highlight those areas, God, that we can hand them to you, God, because you are safe and you are good, and that you would just continue to just help us to um, see you and see your heart, God. So, amen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Okay, there's two. <laughs> um, I kind of wrestled with coming up here because I've got like one really good forgiveness story to my credit, and I'm going to use it now. <laughs> Um, but um, Trey and I went to a church back in Gresham, and uh, we had a really difficult time with the pastor there. Um, and I honestly just didn't know what was going on. Um, every time I tried to make things better, I made things worse um, until I became seen as a problem. And so I still fought against it because I just didn't understand, and I wanted to understand, like, why did they see me as a problem when I didn't? I wasn't trying to create a problem. And so it sent me to counseling <laughs> to try to figure out like how to feel comfortable in my own skin. Um, it sent me doubting myself, doubting my faith, doubting uh, my place in the church. And, um, and eventually we left the church and there were some things that came out that vindicated me, like the things that were going wrong in this pastor's understanding of ministry and understanding and how to love and care for people. He was a teacher, not a preacher. He was a somebody who could talk about God's word, but he did not know how to um, uh, provide application that wasn't harsh and damaging. And um, he hurt a lot of people. And I became very, very angry about that, especially once I felt vindicated in my own suffering. And so um, I just felt like I was in this tornado, like, of, like, 
sadness because we'd lost these friendships we'd built up in this church and then anger that we had lost these friendships and then I just I'm a writer I wanted to start a blog and I wanted everybody to know what this man did and I had my own um, path towards justice that I wanted to render and uh, when I felt myself starting to get angry at the victims of this man that maybe they should have warned us that maybe we should have known I I just turned to God because I didn't know I there was there seemed to be no way out of that vortex um, so I went to the pastor at the church we'd found um, and we're healing in and he set me up with this older lady um, and I, I, I poured my heart out to her I told her every part of our story and she connected with a lot of it because she'd had similar experiences and um, what I wanted I think was a mission I wanted um, an army I wanted a blowhorn <laughs> and what she told me really turned me on my head because um, I wanted to do something and what she suggested felt more like an undoing <laughs> which is that forgiveness piece um, and so I remember being in the Starbucks and I remember the light coming into the window and I remember her saying well let's forgive him I was like well that sounds very Christianese that sounds very like rolling over and taking one so but okay I don't know what else to do so I started praying and I kept praying and the tears just started rolling down my cheeks and I started feeling um, this weight like lifting from me I mean what Dusty was describing about it being a miracle like I felt that um, because I realized as I was praying that it was never really about this man. It was about me trusting God's plan with the church and with the relationships I'd lost and with, um, with all of it. Because he knows. He knows all those things. And me deciding to forgive this man had nothing, wasn't going to mess up God's plan. Because he had all those people in that church in his hands and he knew how he was going to save them. And it wasn't my job. <laughs> And so releasing him and releasing um, that whole problem I wanted to solve, um, uh, it just, I, I came away feeling lighter and feeling free and no less angry at the injustice, but I wasn't controlled by my anger and I wasn't controlled by that man any longer. So... I just want to share that because if you are in that same kind of vortex, like I know that struggle and um, I can pray with you right along with Kat. Um, but just know there is, like, forgiveness is miraculous. It really is. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kat. Um, so let's, let's do this. Like I mentioned earlier, one of the things Wimber said is see what God's doing and join in with that and then you'll know that you're you're in with God's will. So um, Kat and Kelly can you guys be over there? Yes, over that way. Um, I'm going to pray a blessing over everyone. We're going to end the service there and then if that's something that's resonating with you, I want you to go over with my friends I trust both of them they're both amazing ladies I would let them pray for me <laughs> if that helps you um, so I'm just gonna pray a blessing over you and then if you're somebody who's been wrestling with some of this stuff um, let them pray with you okay
Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you take our ideas and our plans and the way we think things should go, and sometimes you change those. And Lord, I pray we would always be malleable, that we would always be willing to let you step in and have your way. So Lord Jesus, um, Lord, I just, I right now collectively over, over our church, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we just bind unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you said in your scripture that we read this morning that that which we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so, Lord, we bind unforgiveness. We bind that um, the spirit of, of backtalk and backbiting and speaking behind one another. Lord God, Lord, I just ask that you bind that in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, those, those methods that we use to try to cope with our hurt, even if it's hurt that's super old from the past, and we've learned these coping mechanisms to deal with them that are not healthy. Lord, would you heal us? Would you touch us, Jesus? Would you change us, Lord? Lord, would you soften our hearts in those areas where they've grown hard, Lord, and where we keep you out? Lord, would you kick down those walls? Would you break down those fences? Would you bust through those doors, Lord God, and bring your healing, Lord Jesus? And bring your love, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. And Lord, I speak healing of relationships this morning. We speak healing of relationships in the name of Jesus. Lord, we have to tell you guys, when we were praying as a worship team this morning, we started off praying healing over relationships. And here at the end of service, some hours later from 8 o'clock this morning, we're praying for healing of relationships. So this is something that the Holy Spirit, this is something that God is doing this morning, if we're willing to allow him to do it. So I speak healing to you in the name of Jesus. I speak healing to you in the areas where you feel hurt, where you feel damaged, where you feel broken, where you feel let down where you feel unseen, where you feel um, like you haven't been, been valued, where you feel like the other people or persons um, don't recognize you, they don't see you, um, where this has caused unforgiveness or damage, um, where, as like Kelly was saying, where there's this, you're... You're, you're trying to, to fix something and all you get is pushed down um, and coming to that place of acceptance and recognizing that the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. So Jesus, we give you license. Holy Spirit, we give you, we give up our power. We give up our authority. We give up our ways that we think people should should be towards us, Lord God. Lord, we, we put that in your hands, Jesus. And Lord, we speak your healing, God.
Lord, we release anyone we're holding captive this morning, Jesus. We loose them, to use the term from the scripture. We release them, we loose them in the name of Jesus. And we give them to you, Jesus, with full expectation that you will show up and allow them to put their hand in your nail scars and allow them to put their hand in your side and speak faith to them. We put it in your hands this morning, Jesus. Lord, we, we confess, we express, we declare, we proclaim this morning that we trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Holy Spirit. And we give it over to you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you take us as we are and you love us enough to not leave us that way. We thank you for that, Jesus. So, Lord, I've, in closing, I speak a blessing over my church family. I speak a blessing over my friends. I speak a blessing over all those who are watching online this morning. Peace be with you. Just as Jesus spoke that to the disciples when he appeared in their midst. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Uh, we love each of you. Um, just, I'm going to continue to pray that the Lord meets you right where you are this morning. Bless all of you.